What up guys, so I've been playing God of War, I'm trying to finish it before November so I can go get God of War Ragnarok, which is the next one, bro, but it is personal between me and these Valkyries, <laughs> I wanna know what the creators were thinking about making these boss fights so hard, well, I understand why, because they're optional, but still, you're challenging me with something like that, I have the type of personality that I have to try to beat it. Okay, like I could beat the main story, but if I don't beat these Valkyries, I didn't beat the game. You got it, Santa Monica Studios? You got it, alright? We got it, cool, we got it. But yeah, man, it's personal between me and these Valkyries. Remember, follow me on Punching the Mouth Official, Instagram, official underscore, P-I-T-M on Twitter. I'm Adrian, have a great weekend. No UFC fights this weekend, guys. But, there is Bellator, so check that out Friday in the afternoon. Peace. Everybody, I cannot believe we're already episode 70. Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast. I'm Adrian. We're going to start with the Corey Sanhagen song, Yadonkart. I didn't see the fight, so we're not going to talk about all the fights. We're just going to talk about the, the two main fights that ended in gnarly cuts and stuff like that. And then, I want, from what I know about Nate Diaz's contract situation, I want to get a little more into that. And then after that, I want to talk about Hamza's Jiu-Jitsu's coach comments. I want to talk about what he was implying. I don't think it applied to Nate, but I, I want to talk about what he was implying. Then after that, we're going to look at the Bella. No, no, no. Then after that, we're going to talk about Paulo Costa's appearance on the MMA hour. How funny that was. He cut New York Greek's hair. And also, I mean, it's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go watch. Ariel, I'm giving you free views here. If you have not seen Paulo Costa's interview, go watch it. And the funniest thing is when he, I mean, I have to explain it to you guys to give you guys context, but still, hilarious. Um, I believe that he's going to end up fighting Hamza next, and I believe it'll be January, and what they're saying is going to be in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So there's that. Then we're going to look at Bellator. There's no UFC fights this weekend. So the next time we'll see UFC is on October 1st when Mackenzie Dern returns to take on Yan Shanan. So let's get into it. First off, Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yadong results. Corey Sanhagen defeats Song Yadong, TKO stoppage, gnarly cut. Gregory Rodriguez defeats Chidi Nojukani, TKO stoppage. And Gregory had this nasty cut over his, like, in between his nose and his eyebrow, and they still didn't stop it. That was pretty crazy. So, those fights were crazy, man. Um, Aspen Ladd, of course, was supposed to fight against Sarah McMahon. That didn't happen. And it's sad, right? Because I know there was heated exchanges leading up to the fight. Like, when I mean heated exchanges, I mean, like, getting the fight signed, the amount of smack talking that she wouldn't, somebody wouldn't sign the, the bout agreement and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, there's that. 
Um, let's talk about Nate Diaz's contract. So I don't know because I haven't reached out to anybody on Nate's team. I'll reach out to his representative, Zach, one of these days. Uh, but this is what I've heard. So Nate, Nate does not have any fights left, right? Nate doesn't have any fights left. But the UFC still has a bunch of power. So I don't know if this applies specifically to Nate, but these are numbers that I've heard of things. So he has to go through a three-month non-compete clause, meaning that he can't even start talking to anybody till after a grace period of three months, which gives the UFC time to see if they want to re-sign him and stuff like that. Let's say the three months pass. Let's say the three months pass. Nate starts talking to MVP promotions, which is Jake Paul's promotion. He starts talking to Bare Knuckle, Bellator, or PFL. I'm just throwing out names here. And I know what he's going to do. It's going to be Real Fight Incorporated, which is his thing. But I'm just throwing out scenarios. After three months, he can start talking to people, right? I said that right now. For a whole year, the UFC has the right to match the deal. Whether that be money, pay-per-view points, and stuff like that. For a whole year. And if if he likes the contract, then he has to sign with the UFC first. He can't be like, okay, I like the contract, but I still don't want to sign it. Like That's not how that works. That's not how that's structured. If he likes the deal, the UFC gets first dibs on him, even if they would just put him on ice, you know? But Nate's the, the type of guy that even if he likes the deal, he says, nah, I don't like it. He'll say no until he gets his way. So if I was the UFC to stay face with him, I'd be like, okay, Nate, we'll let you go. We tried, but we let you go. We'll let you go do your thing, and if you want to come back, Dana said it. Dana said, this will always be his house. If you want to come back, we'll talk then. But what the UFC doesn't want, because Nate Diaz is a fucking star. Like, anybody that wants to tell me no, you are out of your mind. Nate Diaz is a star. If he goes out there and he starts making more and more money, and UFC fighters like John Jones, Israel... His buddy George Masvidal, Conor McGregor, they see the type of money he's generating without the UFC. The UFC doesn't want them, people like them to follow suit. That's what they don't want. People are saying, oh, well, Conor did the Mayweather thing. The UFC was still involved. The UFC still got a cut. I'm telling you, if Nate goes out there, does his thing, and generates millions upon millions of dollars for himself with Real Fight Incorporated, whatever he does, and he becomes a partner without the UFC, a bunch of these big name fighters, I guarantee you, will follow suit. And he also says, I'll come back. I'm going to fight for a world title. I don't know how true that is. I bet you he will come back. The world title part's the hard thing, thing for me to believe. But I'm telling you, this is what the UFC doesn't want. The amount of power Nate has within the MMA community is something the UFC isn't willing to let be exposed. So three months non-compete and then a whole year that gives the UFC the right to match it. That is insane, bro. Insane. So now I want to talk about Hamza Chimaev's jiu-jitsu coach. I don't know his name, but I know he's ju- his jiu-jitsu coach. So Hamza is part of this cryptocurrency company called Black Block Asset. I was going to say Black Asset, Block Asset. And they released a video of Hamza watching the Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson fight backstage. And his head coach, Andre Andres Michael, says, Oh, yeah, they dodged the bullet. They dodged the bullet. Um, His comments, I'm not worried about because the coach is going to say that. His jiu-jitsu coach went on to say, Hamza's a purple belt. He'll be choking out black belts. He's like, this doesn't apply to black belts, but once you get your black belt, you're not always a black belt. I don't think that applies to Nate because let me tell you, 
Nate Diaz trains on the mat a lot. I can't say every day because I don't know the guy personally. But from what I've seen online, he trains on the mat a lot. That's part of his daily MMA training. And, like, that's the part that makes me kind of sad we didn't see this fight. Because, like, I was nervous leading up to that fight because he said, oh, I stopped training. I stopped caring. And then I saw pictures where he looked all ripped against Leon and he didn't look as ripped against Hamza, but he looked way bigger. So I'm wondering if he put on size because he was ready. Like his jujitsu, he said, I spent my whole camp wrestling and barely did any boxing because people are saying Hamza would have ran through him. But I would have wanted to seen that if he would have got caught in that dark choke when they would have done because Nate and Kevin Holland are very different fighters. So I want to see what Nate would have done. I don't know if that fight will ever come to happen. I doubt it at this point. The only way I see it happening is if Hamzat's champion. And Nate goes, all right, let me fight that guy. I want the belt. So I don't know. But I believe Hamzat's jiu-jitsu coach comments, even though he was trying to imply them towards Nate, I don't think they apply to Nate. He was saying that, oh, if you're a black belt and you stop training jiu-jitsu, you're no longer a black belt. I'm telling you, Nate D is still training jiu-jitsu, bro. Telling you. Let's go to Bellator 285 preview. So this Friday, so if you're going to watch it, it's going to be early in the afternoon because it's going to be in Dublin. Peter Quigley will fight Benson Henderson. Yoel Homero will fight Melvin Manhoff. Matt Burnells will fight Pedro Cavallo. Leo McCord will fight Diana Silva. Syrian Clark will fight Rafael Hudson. And Brett Johns will fight Jordan Winsky. So... Benson re-signed with Bellator. Um, Brett Johns was supposed to fight James Gallagher, but something happened it, that the fight was canceled. So they got Jordan. And uh, it's going to be a good fight, man. I'm interested in seeing Yoel Romero versus Melvin Manhoff. Of course, Melvin's the guy that everybody knew that never made it to the UFC, but he got, he got really famous in like Pride and Strike Force and Elite XC and stuff like that. But he never made it to the UFC. It's sad. So, what I want to see in this fight is, because Benson Henderson can wrestle, I want to see him use his wrestling, I want to use him to use his striking, and then for Peter, for, yeah, for Peter, I just want to see him do what he does, because that dude's a tank, like, he's another Nick and Nate Diaz, he'll keep coming, he'll keep coming, Patricky was able to stop him, I didn't see the fight, but Patricky was able to stop him, but it's not all the time you get to stop Peter Quigley. Yo Romero versus Melvin Manhoof, that's a crazy fight. It's going to be violent. Don't blink in that one. They're fighting at light heavyweight. And then Matt Burnell versus Pedro Gal. Carvalho. That's a crazy fight right there. He trains with Conor McGregor and John Kavanaugh. So we shall see what happens there. But yeah, that's this Friday. And then they're back next Saturday with Bellator Long Beach Pitbull versus Borex. And then the co-main event, AJ McKee makes his lightweight debut. So there's that. So now... Oh, well, well, I'll get into that later. Now I want to talk about, this is where most of the podcast is. I'm going to try to stay on this for at least a, a few minutes. So, do you guys remember that Paulo Costa and Hamza, they got into a scuffle on fight week? If not, it's all over the internet. Go check it out. Then, I don't remember if it was right after fight week or during fight week. I want to say it was after. Because Paulo stayed in Vegas. Henry and the Schmoe are good friends. And Henry's good friends with Paulo. So they got him on. And that supposedly at one point. The Schmoe had Hamza as a guest on his podcast. And Hamza left his hat. Does 
the Shema will not show it to Paulo. Paulo takes it from him and he proceeds to rub his genitals all over the hat. But this is where it gets. I don't want to use the word better. I want to use the word like either more out of hand or disgusting at some point is. He takes the hat with him, right? Like he has the hat at this point. The hat is in Paulo's possession. He puts a bunch of like stickers over it, like pictures of Hamza and stuff like that. He goes on the MMA hour yesterday. He goes. He shows the hat to Ariel Hawani now at this point. I want to tweet at Ariel because I believe at this point Ariel doesn't even know. He has Ariel sniff the hat. He's like, you like the fragrance I put on it? Like, dude, what the hell? And then, and then, like, to give you guys more content, context, Ariel and the, his producer GC, they made their own variation of Secret Juice. You know how you, Secret Juice makes you strong and jack it. I can't tell you the ingredients because then it will become revealed juice. Paulo snatches the thing out of Ariel's hand and he drinks it. He goes, oh, this isn't real. And then they compare this secret juice color and Paulo's is like a little more orangey red and Ariel's is like uh, uh, like a, a light to dark brown. And then he makes the comment, oh, Paulo, I'm sort of a germaphobe, so now I don't really want that. And then he goes, and then in my mind, I'm going, Ariel, you're sniffing that and that was on his crotch. You're a germaphobe. I hope somebody tells you. I hope Twitter already told him. If not, I'm going to tell him. Actually, let, let's tweet at Ariel right now. You guys want to tweet at him? What should we tweet at him? Hey, Ariel, do you know where the hat has been? Let's tweet that. Hey, do you wear that? All right, we'll see if he responds. But I was like, dude, that's gross. That's gross. I'll do a shoey before ever doing what Ariel did. And he doesn't even know it. That's the sad part. But the, the the appearance gets better. So New York Rick, I believe he's like the social media manager at this point. He's no longer the producer. He's the social media manager. He grew out his hair since the pandemic started. And the, he had, I get, because I don't really watch the show. I guess a few weeks back, he said that he wanted to cut his hair. And that he wanted to outsource um, help, like from an MMA fan slash barber. But... They got Paulo, and they're like, Paulo's the perfect guy. So they asked Paulo to cut his hair. He's like, bring me the scissors. He cut his hair. First of all, he gave him, like, this horrible-looking mullet. I love you, Paulo, but I'll be the first one to tell you that looked horrible. And then he ended up shaving him off. And then he told him he looked like a female. I was like, nah. But that was a crazy. Be, I'm telling you, if you guys haven't seen that, this is probably going to go down as one of the greatest interviews ever in the history of that show. You need to go watch that. And the interview with Paulo Costa at this point is must-see TV. That guy is funny. I hope to get him on the YouTube channel one of these days. Let's hope. Let's hope. Okay. So now I want to talk about the Bantamweight rankings. So there was like a little tournament going on, right, in the UFC? In the UFC. It started with Cheeto Vera versus Cruz. Cheeto beat him. Then it started, then it continued with Corey Sanhagen versus Marab this I mean not Marab. Song Yudong. It continues with Sean O'Malley versus Peter Yan and then TJ Dillashaw versus Aljo. Okay. The door to the multiverse that I originally said is almost open. Listen to me. Marlin won. Corey won. Now if Sean O'Malley beats Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling 
beats TJ, your next number one contender is Cheeto Vera. But these two things need to happen. Like, Sean, like, and I don't care if they both barely win. Like, the fact that they get their hands raised, these things need to happen. Now, you may ask me, Adrian, why is that? I'll tell you. So, Cheeto won. Oh, and I forgot to add one more. Rob just watches Willie versus Jose Aldo. Cheeto won. Marab won. So that takes out Aldo out of the equation who beat Cheeto. Now, and Corey won last weekend, right? So that takes out Yodong who beat Cheeto in a controversial decision, but he still beat him. Now, Sean O'Malley wins. That puts Cheeto above him because Cheeto beat him. Aljermaine Sterling wins. That throws Corey Sanhagen down because Aljo beat him. So the only guy left is Cheeto Vera. That's how I see it. I don't know how anybody else sees it. Now, Cheeto's the man. He goes, oh, I'll fight Corey. Yeah, that sounds cool to me. I don't know why he didn't. He wouldn't call out Marab. Because Corey Sanhagen says that he either wants to fight Marlon or Marab. I mean, those are two good call-outs. Because those are the number three, number four, number five guy. I mean, what else do you want them to do? Hmm? Hmm? Tell me. Tell me. And there's one last thing I want to talk about. Francis Ngannou went on Jimmy Smith's um, podcast today and said, like, Oh, yeah, what UFC fighter needs is somebody to advocate for them. Yeah, you need that, bro. He's 100% right. Because the NBA have it, the MLB have it, the NFL have that. But what's the difference? And Nick and Nate always said this. Fighting is a selfish sport. You're not on a team. You're not on the team in the sense when you're fighting, you're not fighting with other people. You're fighting it's you versus that guy. Um what they should get is a sanctioning body so the UFC isn't the sanctioning body. Then they don't have all the power, you know. That's my opinion because they have tried it. It didn't work because they had that guy Bjorn Rebney and that guy just doesn't have a good reputation, unfortunately. He just doesn't have a good reputation. So I'm with Francis. I hope he can get somebody to help him with that or if him and other fighters in the UFC can do that because the managers can do it. So they need somebody to that was a fighter to do it. And the closest guy to try to do this as well was Randy Couture. And Randy and Dana have been on the outs ever since. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But that's all I got for you guys. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Let's go. I know it was a short one. I'm telling you. These past few weeks, the MMA landscape has been... Pretty, pretty bleak closing thoughts. Let's see here. Where can't I find it? UFC Fight Night. Congratulations to Corey and Gregory Rodriguez. Um, Nate's contract. It's crazy, man. Could be on the shelf for up to a year. Jemayev's coach comments. I don't think it applies to Nate. I get what he's saying, but I don't think it applies to Nate. Paulo Costa's MMA. Our appearance. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. I'll let you, if you guys follow me on my Instagram, if Ariel replies, I will take a screen grab of it and put it on there. So keep a lookout for that. Bellator preview, Peter Quigley versus Benson Henderson. Yoel Romero versus Melvin Manhoof. Closing thoughts. I would like to see what Nate does next. I know it's not going to be in the UFC. ADCC just happened. Oh, talk about that. Congratulations to Gordon Ryan defeating Andre Galvalo. Um, I heard about the tub break for my boy Giovanni uh, Martinez. Um, PJ Barge, I heard he did very well. But ADCC, man, 
we may see Nate pop up there one of these days. You never know. You know he likes to train with Kron Gracie. So we shall see what Nate's next move is. Um, Crazy, man. All right, guys. Deuces later. Peace.